Hello everyone, and welcome back to a brand new podcast, episode 134, I want to say, of your favourite... I have no idea, sorry. ...of your favourite <laughs> Formula 1 show, and yes, by the sound of that, we bring good news. Jamie183 survived his flight to and I from did. Switzerland. Did you have a good time, my friend? I did, yeah. The flight especially, actually. Shout out to Ethiopian, their quality. We got free food and drink on a 90-minute flight to Geneva. It was, yeah... Probably the best flight I've ever been on, to be honest, for £50. And, well, we're going to get about 200 quid back. So, yeah, all's well. And if ever you wanted to know where your tax money was going, it's Jamie183 <laughs> taking cancelled flights via Ethiopia. Um, but anyway, we're back, Jamie, for I think what can only be described as the resurgence of Formula 1. It's back! We can enjoy F1 again. It, it was a fantastic weekend. Was it the race of the season? We've got plenty to go through today, but we're going mean, to kickstart it, aren't yeah. we? With... Straight off the bat, it definitely, definitely was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and and if, obviously, if you didn't watch the Grand Prix, and you, for whatever reason, only use Knowing Wheel uh, as your way of keeping up with Formula 1, um, we, we can say off the bat, it's definitely a weekend to go back and re-watch there. Of course, quickly though, uh, before we jump into anything, uh, just a quick PSA. Uh, of course, for those of you um, that enjoy watching Knowing Wheel, you know, like seeing our faces as well for some reason, make sure from 2024 you sub to the official Knowing Wheel YouTube channel. Of course, all the podcasts are going to be going live over there exclusively rather than on my own channel. Jamie, can we get our weekly check-in on your sub count, see if we've caught you up yet? I've lost anything yet. Oh, come so, on, people. If you're sub to Jamie183, make sure you unsub. Why? I actually got up. I'm on 541 now. Oh, <laughs> we've messed up royally. 541. Yeah. We're up to 207. So we're, what, 334 behind. So that gap yeah. is still coming down every week. It um, is. So if, for, so, if for whatever reason you're subscribed year. to my, my channel, which hasn't been uploaded on in 18 months, uh, or maybe two years now, I don't actually know, then please unsubscribe and subscribe to Knowing Wheel instead. I I reckon by the end of 2023, we can do it. I reckon we should be there by the end of 2023. And of course, if, if you needed extra incentive to get yourself subscribed to the Knowing Wheel channel, uh, we've all, we've also, for some reason, agreed that if we reach 10,000 subscribers <laughs> over there, um, we're going to try and do a tour of every F1 factory inside 24 hours. Where, where will Andretti be based? Well, we better hope we do it before Andretti, because we're going <laughs> to struggle to get a flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although they might have a European factory. Probably. We'll I would assume so. They'll have a European base. Um, but that is a topic for another day, Jamie, because, you know, that that is America. But we're going to start talking about China. Um, are we? You know, oh, big, yeah, we are. Big superpowers yes. in the world. Um, but this, this is more about a I lovely quote, young man. I quote Matt212, but a week ago... Yep. Maybe. Or maybe two yep. weeks ago. Yep. Saying that uh, Joe Guan Yu is not going to retain his seat and it will in yep. fact go anywhere else because Joe doesn't have money. But what we do I know is he, he doesn't have, have money. Well, he doesn't, which is true. But he is a good driver. And Alfa Romeo are so cautious in everything they do yep. that they, uh, they're they retaining the same driver lineup. So we move. And I never had any doubt that Joe would be on the grid in 2024. You were adamant he was just going to Williams. I wasn't adamant. I was like, you were if Alfred dropped him, if you Alfred were dead him, set on him just picking up that Williams gig because you were so assured that he was going to lose his Alfa Romeo drive. Uh, no, I've always had faith in Joe. So <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think he does deserve it. I think neither driver has been able to shine this season that much because the car is horrific. Um, 
but yeah, I think Joe has stepped up his game compared to his rookie season. Uh, they're pretty even, all things considered, really. I think Bottas slightly edges it, but the points are so close and the quality especially is quite close as well on difference time, like time, what's it called? Delta. Delta. Um, so yeah, I think it's a fair renewal. I feel a bit for Terra Porcher, but taking a year out after winning F2 is quite a well-trodden path now. Are, so are, you, okay. are you accepting he's going to win F2? Well, Vesti has the curse of me supporting him, so there's no <laughs> doubt in my mind. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it, how often you give the kiss of death to Formula like, 2 drivers' careers. Why would his wheels fall off at the same time? Because Prima didn't put them on properly. Well, Prima are the most well-run team in junior formula, and they forget to put the wheels on just because I've said I want Vesti to win the title. Pretty much. That's that's how your kiss of death works. I mean, it's weird, though, going back to Zhou Guanyu quickly. Because, uh, of course, you know, we can talk about Teo Porcher, and, of course, you know, if he does win F2 this year, you know, he's he's going to obviously have to take a season out, and then, obviously, what happens there? The, the strange thing is with Zhou Guanyu, and, of course, you banged on about this a lot last year, of course, was that he kind of got a lot better when the car was worse, didn't he? This year, he's probably been at his worst when the car's been at its best, um, which is most notably, it's got to be Hungary, hasn't it? Well, you know, I qualifying P five. That wasn't really his fault. Well, it was. The car had a, a clutch issue where it just the clutch went back in when he was holding the revs, so he he was flustered. I, I agree. The turn one collision was his fault, but he was massively flustered because the car messed up on him on the grid. Right. So okay. I don't blame him for that really, and he did okay. a phenomenal job to get it to P five anyway. So. Yeah, the car was good that weekend. But I, I, I appreciate what you're saying as well. But I, you know, I think it's in contrast, isn't it, to last year? You know, where some of Joe's best weekends were where the car was at its worst, well, and his best and weekends were where the car broke down, which didn't happen. often as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I, I like the guy. Obviously, you know, Jamie being a big fan of him. Of course, luckily I've met him and spoke to him. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that in Let's there. Drop that one in. Well, um, I've met Lando Norris, so you know. Great. Okay. Um, you know, it's. <laughs> He, you know, I, I, I'm not. I, I like Joe Guanyu. I think he's a good guy, but I just don't think he's got that potential X factor, which I think Teopold Chair. I think have. I agree with you on that, but I like Joe, so I want him to stay. Yeah, that's fair enough. You know, I, it's certainly not the only thing I disliked about that news was knowing how happy you'd be about it. <laughs> um, you know, more than anything else, anything else. Well, you know, I, you I like Joe Guanyu, so and I got through his home race. So, yeah, well, hopefully, well, well, yeah, let's be fair. That's optimistic still. China will still have COVID problems in 2040, the way <laughs> things are done down yeah. there. Just keep um, giving Joe a year extension until he actually gets to race Shanghai. <laughs> perhaps, that's the, perhaps that's the whole Chinese plan with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, potentially. Well, um, But surely, Jamie, the big news this weekend has got to be the technical directive. I hadn't even seen this, so you can talk about it. So basically, the FIA decided coming into Singapore they were going to clarify two things on the cars or three things kind of flexible body parts which were basically aimed at wings and floors so of course you know we had a lot of this in 2021 didn't we where both the rebel and the mercedes were done for squatting of course basically trying to make the cars you know faster down the straight of course because they effectively had um less aerodynamic drag on them because obviously the rear of the car was squatting and obviously the air gets pushed off the front and away from the car um it was believed, of course, with the 2022 regulations that that was impossible. Um, but, of course, you tell Adrian Newey something's impossible and he'll just find a way around it because it's what Adrian Newey does. 
Um, but the other big one was the clampdown on stabilization devices. So, of course, everything this year has been spoken about. You know, what's made the Red Bulls so phenomenally fast in race pace, you know, over everything else, is the way the anti-dive and the anti-squat on the brakes, of course. Similar to, obviously, the flexi-wings, uh, but also, obviously, under-braking, you know, they can run the car so much lower to the ground because when they brake, the car doesn't tip at the front as much as any other. So it's made it a lot more of a stable platform, which, of course, you know, is fantastic over one lap because you know what the car's going to do, but even more fantastic over a race distance because you know the car's going to do a similar thing more often, which, of course, you know, for a Formula 1 driver, when you're trying to push the limits, that is critical. This weekend... Obviously, these new technical directives came in, and obviously we'll give you a bit of a spoiler. Red Bull were nowhere, and I don't know if you saw any interviews with Jamie, with Christian Horner, but he seemed a little too eager on too many occasions to try and make it clear that the car hasn't changed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, potentially, potentially. It's kind of like when they, in 2019, with the engine technical directive, where Ferrari technically hadn't changed anything but suddenly were well well slower so i think i like to believe red bull haven't changed anything but we'll kind of see when we get to japan i guess <laughs> um but then when did the direct directive come out because if it was on like thursday or like if it was not that long before uh the race and they wouldn't have really had that much time to put the stiffening mechanisms or whatever in like to make it pass the test if it was going to fail the test before so, I struggle to believe they did change anything massive. I just think potentially the, the Singapore layout just didn't suit the car at all. But I guess we'll see next week in Japan if they're slow again. And uh, maybe, maybe they've been uh, bending the rules all year. But Red Bull well, have got history. So exactly. I think the thing is, of course, what you've said there is, you know, it might not be that they had to, you know, swap out parts to obviously meet these new standards. Well, it might just have been as they can't run the car as close to the limit as they wanted to. You know, I mean, it might mm. well be that that car has not changed that much as a car, uh, but it might mean that the setup is far more compromised to actually meet these new requirements. Yeah, because that was a big problem. It seemed just it was so unpredictable in corners because they were struggling with the rear end a lot in practice and they tried yeah. to change something and suddenly the fronts were just not doing what they wanted either. So yeah. it, like, even on the onboards, it just looked like it was an absolute handful. So... I mean, yeah. let's be fair. I mean, we'll talk about, obviously, this more and more, obviously, as we go through. And, of course, especially, you know, as we head towards Japan. Um, it's not going to make a difference in the bigger picture this year. Red Bull have won it. Like, we, we all know that anyway. Like, it's wrapped up. But it is going to be bizarre. And, you know, the, the, don't get me wrong. This is coming from a world of hopium. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I'm with you that Singapore probably just didn't suit their car as well. But even if we've got a good scrap between now and the end of the season like red bull is fighting the other cars you know that will be great but it would be weird isn't it if suddenly the it would be uh, kind of the only other example i can think of off the top of my head is brawn where yeah. suddenly they're no longer the fastest car anymore and they just kind of squeeze out a world championship but even, but that, even that's even not gonna 09 happen. was a lot more gradual wasn't it like obviously they won six out of seven but then all the time through those seven races the pack was getting closer and closer every time Whereas Red Bull were just, especially the last few races after the summer break, they were just dominating, you know, 15 wins in a row. And suddenly it's just done. It <laughs> would be like, mad. That would be very strange. But I think they'll be back to winning ways next week in Japan. Probably, probably. But at least we know, you know, that 
spoiler alert, of course, uh, the Red Bull aren't going to have an undefeated season, which is massive for Formula One. I, yeah. I, we obviously haven't had viewing figures come out yet, but I would be intrigued to know how much views went up for the Grand Prix just because Red Bull looked mm-hmm. dog poo. Yeah, probably, probably. And like compared to 21 or 22, the viewing figures would have been slashed this year generally. Oh, absolutely. Horrendous. So. I mean, you, you've seen that even just as a content YouTube, creator on yeah. YouTube. You know, the views are nowhere near what they have been the last couple of years. Um, you know, it's a fantastic time to have gone full time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, what it, obviously with that as well, without spoiling it, it did go to show, you know, as we've said all season long, how great this year would have been without Red Bull. <laughs> This weekend went and proved it, didn't it? When Red Bull aren't at the yeah. front, you get absolute mega races. Um, and, you know, obviously, free practice. Obviously, we've kind of led into it, haven't we, quite nicely there. Obviously, you mentioned the Red Bull was just all over the show. Uh, but the big talking point as well, of course, you know, alongside that was once again, Carlos Sainz has come to the second half of the year and looked fast. Yeah, he's, he's really smashing it since the summer break. Obviously, pole position... In Monza, um, we got the uh, podium in Monza to go with it. Was unlucky not to. Uh, well, he put up a massive fight, didn't he? And he was quite unfortunate. He basically defended all day. Yeah, Monza. He yeah. was mad. And then was the faster Ferrari driver in Zandvoort as well. So he's really yeah come back from the summer break, just different gravy. And he's suddenly like, here he is. And once again, he was on it in practice, and that that was a uh, sign of things to come, really. Yeah, it was absolutely mad, wasn't it, of course? So we move into qualifying then, I suppose, probably the best way of doing things. You know, Red Bull having an absolute disaster. And it just seemed to get even worse, didn't it? Because I have no idea, genuinely, and this isn't just because I don't like Max, but how on earth did he get away with both of those blocking incidents? I have no clue. And that says it all, that you're a Red Bull fan (laughs) and you don't get that. I just think they... I mean, I know Sonoda didn't turn up to the to the stewards, which makes which is so stupid. <laughs> which How is so they can dumb. get away with that as well. Um, but yeah, I think Max was very fortunate. I think the pit lane one was less cut and dry, uh, just because like they they kind of smoothed over it on the radio quite well. They were like, "Max, you got a problem," and, he, and then they just drove off. So I guess they could defend that one using some clever like argument about like oh maybe he had a problem even though he definitely didn't (laughs) and then the Snowder one I think any other car unless it was Perez or Lawson and it would have absolutely been a penalty (laughs) I mean it was so stupid wasn't it of course for those of you that don't know Snowder basically comes out the first three corners heads down that little straight before the Raffles Boulevard and Max is just on the racing line and he doesn't move out the way at all does he he sits there you can see the light the rear light flashing because he's saving battery and Sonoda's just got nowhere to go. Um, but, of course, you know, with it being a street circuit, you know, the track evolution is absolutely mad. Um, so, obviously, we're trying to see cars improve right towards the end of the session. And that stroll, massive crash, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, huge. And he just... I, I don't know what it is with stroll. I think he's just so nonchalant about everything these days. That, like, in his... Uh, if you ever watch, like, the pre-weekend interviews... Stroll just comes across like he's a tourist. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I love Singapore. And that's all he ever says and stuff. To be fair, he basically is at this point. <laughs> yeah. I, I so, wouldn't exactly call him an F1 driver. Well, he qualified last in Monza, didn't he? And then he, he was trying to avoid qualifying last again in Singapore. And, uh, yeah, didn't didn't achieve it and threw himself into the barrier at the uh, final corner. Really, really big crash. Like, the, 
the front of that car, and the, the left-hand side was just absolutely ruined. Bit of oversteer, overcorrected, and flung himself into a tech pro. If that wasn't tech pro, he would have been in hospital still, probably, I think. So, yeah, good good work for the barriers, but Stroll ruined his own chances of getting through to Q2, and also ruined Oscar Piastri's chances, because the track evolution left him 17th, and he was behind Stroll when he crashed. So, no more improvement after that. And that left Piastri and Stroll out of the session, along with two Alfa Romeos, who bought a big upgrade, which is funny, and uh, and Logan Sargent. So, once again, out in Q1. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you ever saw as well after the incident, but someone had posted on X. Are we calling it X or are we calling it Twitter still? Let us know down in the comments below. <laughs> um, but he'd actually pushed the concrete blocks behind the Tech Pro back by half a metre. And they weigh like three tons or something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it must be about 160, 170 miles an hour. Well, yeah, probably a bit less than that, I would imagine, through there. But of course, the thing is, you got no runoff. Um, yeah. Of course, it was the way he dropped it off the end of the curb, wasn't it? You watch the bottom of the, the rear of the car, sorry, just squat. And of course, at that mm. point, he's going to rotate around one way or the other. And of course, he was just, you know, he corrected it that way. Um, so, of course, you got nowhere to slow down as such. But yeah, an absolutely mad shunt for Stroll. Um, and like you said, of course, screwed over Oscar Piastri, didn't it, at the end of the session. And I think, he, as well, Oscar Piastri's got to be one of the unluckiest drivers this year. But, of course, he's also quite rare in the fact that he doesn't moan about it either. He just gets on with it. Yeah. It's one of the things I love about Oscar. Like, he's yeah. genuinely becoming one of my favourites. He's very, very down-to-earth, isn't he? So You just get yeah. the sense that he he's just that he's a bit like a new Kimmy, in many ways. If he just yeah. wants to get the job done. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I liked him throughout his F two campaign as well and things like that. But I think you know he's really, really, you know, I, I, I've said this before on the show, haven't I? I think I like him more than Lando. I mean, I can see why for sure. Yeah, Richard. Sorry. Yeah, um, exactly. Been a while since that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's very, very down to earth. Like after he got taken out in Monza by uh, one of the supposed best drivers on the grid. Um, yeah, he was just like, you know what. You have to take the good with the bad and just got on with it. <laughs> and it was yeah. like, he's been un- very unlucky on two occasions to miss out on the podium as well, hasn't he? Yes. So, yeah. 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 He just seems, he seems to be getting the he's job done and not he's rocking the boat down at McLaren, I think. Um, which, you know, as we spoke about earlier on this week, you know, with Lando Norris potentially off to Red Bull, you know, might still be a bit young, but certainly could do a good job in kind of building that McLaren team up in the future. But that's a topic for another day. Um, moving on, though, into Q2. Red Bull are still looking awful, aren't they, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, and they were the ones. Uh, they were the ones to be on the cusp of getting through to Q3. Final runs and Perez, uh, I think, was down in thirteenth, and then managed to spin himself out in the first sector. So, yeah, had no chance of improving at that point. So Perez was definitely gone, and then Verstappen was not improving that much. In well, he the bottled the first, first sector, didn't sector. he? Yeah, he made a mistake at turn three, didn't he? He lost about two or three tenths. Um, eventually did improve just into the top 10. Um, and I think you had Gasly, both Alpha Tauris, uh still coming to try and improve and get into Q3. Uh, Gasly couldn't do it by a couple of hundredths. And then Sonoda got told to not improve, I think. I don't know if that's true. Well, he, he never set a lap in Q2 Yeah, he didn't. Because Alpha Tauri uh, didn't want to knock Red Bull out. And then Liam Lawson comes along, doesn't care about the team. <laughs> Maybe they didn't tell him to slow down because they didn't expect him to go faster. And yeah, he just comes along and knocks out Max Verstappen in his third ever race. So I love Liam Lawson. He's probably one of our favourites on the grid already. 
<laughs> yeah, I think he's great, and he's absolutely smashing it so far. Um, so that left Verstappen down in P11, and out it was glorious. in Q2. So I think glorious. Everyone becomes a Liam Lawson fan at that point. Oh, absolutely, uh, <laughs> absolutely. You know, Liam Lawson. What what a baller! We love Liam Lawson here. Uh, this might now be for the next week or so the Liam Lawson hype chat. Um, <laughs> but it, it did also mean, of course, Lawson getting that car into Q3 now means every single car this season has made it into Q3, which is a pretty good little stat for you. Um, of course, DeFries and Daniel Ricciardo hadn't got that car through. But, you know, Lawson, he's really... Because he's never raced at Singapore before. He's making a name for himself, isn't he? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I struggle to, like, I struggle to see how they put him back into reserve role, to be honest. I don't know what they're going to do, but surely he has to carry on driving. Like, whether they tell Ricardo to do one, or, like, they maybe make Sonoda a reserve driver like they did with Albon for a year. I just think Liam Lawson has to be in one of those seats next year. I mean, if so if you were Alpha Tari right now... And Ricardo says he's back for Qatar. What are you doing? <laughs> I it's so so hard, isn't it? Because you kind of want to give him a bit more of a chance because Ricardo wasn't doing that badly. But he wasn't. He was doing what Lawson's doing, doing. No, I think I would just go Lawson and Ricardo to the end of the season. What and kind of let them and have it but, like would, a shootout. Would you be would you be promising you your seat for next year though? I think Is I that probably what you'd would. Be doing? Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then, whichever wins out of Ricardo and Lawson gets to the second seat. I get, yeah, I guess you 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 let Yuki race at Japan next weekend, <laughs> yeah. get his own race out of the way, and then just say, "Well, kick around here till the end of the year, and we'll bring you back in for next." Because I think they've probably accepted they're going to finish tenth. Although, if they're not that far off, Haas and Alfa Alfa Romeo are they? They could. I reckon so. they still have got a chance against those two for the end. I don't think that Alfa Tauri is that bad. Um, still, but yeah, like we said, you know, glorious scenes. Max Verstappen down in P11, and he was mad with that, wasn't he? He was not happy oh, about yeah. that, which goes to show, you know, when people moan about Lewis Hamilton crying, Verstappen is ten times worse. It's just true. <laughs> like un- unless he's unless he's winning, he's not happy. Which you know, you can go, oh well, that's just racing driver mentality. <laughs> no, he's just you know. He, he do be like that. But it did mean, though, as we got into Q3, Jamie, the hype was real, didn't it? Ferrari looked on the pace. Mercedes looked near enough on the pace. Norris looked on the pace. You know, could Haas bring a surprise? Both cars into Q3. Um, I don't know. I think they were surprised that they even got to Q3. Gunther Steiner certainly was. Yeah, they really didn't expect it at all. Uh, but, yeah, it was a really, really exciting Q3, just because, obviously... You didn't know who was going to get pole. You thought, I guess, I guess Sainz was the favourite because he'd been setting the pace all throughout. But there's so many drivers could have could have pulled something out and got pole position. Yeah, and you think any other season, by the last couple of races, it'd be Charles Leclerc that would just get that lap in right at the end, wouldn't you? Um, but, yeah. you know, it was a brilliant end to qualifying. But it was, of course, Carlos Sainz that took pole position there. Uh, Sainz followed home by uh, George Russell and Charles Leclerc there. And around Singapore, I know obviously there's a new track and everything, which has made it a lot higher speed, but less than a tenth covering the three of them at the end was mega. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact over such a long lap, you've got two cars, three drivers, separated by less than a tenth of a second. Crazy, crazy stuff. And I think Russell and Leclerc was like a couple of thousands, wasn't it? 
Yes, um, yeah, two thousands, I believe, or eight thousands. Yeah, insane. And then Norris doing a great job up in P four for McLaren. Uh, Hamilton losing his his ability in late in his career uh, down in P five. Well, I think he just <laughs> set the car far more up for the race, hadn't he? Potentially, but then he still barely beat Russell in the race. <laughs> well, hang on a minute. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. And then Magnussen just popping up in P six like he does every now and then. Um, and this, this of course, comes a couple of weeks after Jamie tried to bash us all in for the fact that Hulkenberg's been doing so much better in quality this year. Well, Magnussen thought it's, it's, not having well, that. Well done. It's eleven four. <laughs> he's still at qualified. In, he's had. That's not quite has his best qualifying result of the year. But you know, no, we'll Hulk's talk about the where they row. finished in a minute. Chill out. Um, Alonso, Aston Martin had done. I can't believe they were getting podiums earlier in the season. Uh, I mean, they actually got a podium two races ago, didn't they? Exactly. In, in Zandvoort. But yeah, it's such an inconsistent car, it feels like. Um, especially when the second driver's Lance Stroll. Uh, and yeah, Ocon, P8, just solidly there, like he always is, uh, unfortunately. And Hulkenberg and Lawson, uh, rounding out the top 10. Lawson was disappointed with his Q3 effort, but you know what? He made Q3. Staffen, so. Exactly, exactly. Liam Lawson, our new Kiwi goat. Um, but that obviously brings us then into Sunday's race and the hype and anticipation was real we were all there, it was time for Red Bull's downfall Uh, and they tried to be a bit cheeky hadn't they because everyone was on the medium tyres except for both their cars uh, and Valtteri Bottas for some reason (laughs) yeah yeah, and it was a little bit strange because Singapore is notorious for a safety car and any safety car after about 10 laps between lap 10 and lap 40 then every medium runner is going to pit and get a free pit stop and that's the risky run when you try and go alternate uh you see it in f2 quite a lot with that kind of thing as well so it was a little bit i guess they had nothing to lose really starting from so far down but it's a little bit risky to go for the hard tires i thought but yeah they kind of had to try something different um being yeah so far down and by that i don't know what he was doing well, I guess for Red Bull, though, the only question I had is why didn't they split the strategy? Yeah, I guess. But I, they probably didn't want to accidentally have Perez beat Max. <laughs> yeah, no, that genuinely probably is it, to be honest. Um, yeah. Which I would, have been, I would have been there for. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Carlos Sainz, though, uh, gets away cleanly from the obviously pole position, obviously starting on the clean side of the track. Charles Leclerc, sorry, P3. He was actually on a set of softs, wasn't he? Uh, one of the only yes. cars on a set of soft compound tyres. So he got George Russell uh, before they even got to Turn 1. And Lewis Hamilton, actually a very good late-breaking manoeuvre. Really? Completely clear, really? Lando Norris. <laughs> um, but George Russell then, then did shoulder him out through the first couple of turns, didn't he? So Hamilton had to go to the escape road. Um, My take which... on it was Lewis didn't bother with turn one. And just... No, he'd, he'd had that thing slowed down. You watched the replays. That car was slowed down. He was, was unfortunate. He was unfortunate to give it back to Norris. I think he... It was absolutely I get that you should have given it back to Lando. However, sorry, back to George even. However, may I remind you of the last Russian Grand Prix in 2021? What, when everyone just drove off? No, Fernando Alonso drove off, claimed four places, and was allowed to keep them because he's a wily old fox. (laughs) Lewis does exactly the same thing here and everyone slaughters him for it. Absolute tears from Matthew Wanty. It was ridiculous. Like it's not like I get that Hamilton should have had to give the place back to George Russell. But how people can go, oh well, Fernando's so intelligent, he did this, and then people go, oh well, Lewis is just such a cheat. Like it's insane. W- was there a bollard to go around in Singapore? Yes, it was exactly it. the same as Russia. Well, I guess Alonso was doing it more sneakily because he wasn't in third place. 
<laughs> which probably helps. But yeah, he basically was by the time he got back on the track yeah. back there. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I think there were some people saying, well, Hamilton never got the car slowed down. He absolutely had. He was matching George Russell. I think he went into that corner not intending to do it. No, he definitely had. It was the Russell slammed him out. They They were exactly the same speed. And, you know, I completely get, had to give the place back to George, but he was ahead of Lando Norris. I don't quite get how Lando managed to get away with that, having to give the place back up. Um, yeah, but that, that is a conversation. Well, for, you you watch that replay back, Jamie. Hamilton's I have seen it. I have seen it. Down. Like he's unlucky that he has to get back to Norris, but you can't completely move off the track. So he'd already completed the move. But you're not he even clear ahead. The yet. He was clear ahead of Lando by the time they got round turn one. Um, well, but th- but that was followed up then, wasn't it, by Sergio Perez deciding? You know, maybe Rebel had told him it's, it's your time now, Lawson put us out of Q2, uh, therefore you're going to take him out, uh, and Perez got the wrong out for Tauri, because he sent Yuki Tsunoda to the Shadow Realm on lap one, which wouldn't yeah. be the only Shadow Realming Perez would do this weekend. No, no, he he kind of had a had a list of like potential threats to his seat, and was like ticking him off one by one. Pretty much, it was so, stupid. Tsunoda had a lot of pace up until Q2, uh, and was unfortunate to not be able to show any of it, so yeah, not, not the best work from Perez, but he somehow didn't get any penalties all weekend, and I don't know. I don't know what. How on earth either of those cars got away? Maybe with the FIA are just scared of. Uh, of I mean, they're going to Mexico in about a month, aren't they? So, yeah. Not as scared as Helmut Marco should be about going to Mexico no. in a month or so. Um, you know, as we spoke about last week. Uh, but to be honest, after that on lap one, race got quite boring for a while. Didn't really you, Jamie? Did. Um, you know what? I was. Uh, I had to watch the race late because I was at work and somebody had said to me, like, the race is a banger. And I, I, at that point, I walked away from him uh, because I didn't want to get any spoilers. Um, and when I was watching the highlights on Channel 4 and it was like, it basically hard cut from lap three to lap 20. I was like, what the heck? Is he having me on? <laughs> but um, yeah, not not the best. But one thing you can always trust to liven up a race is that Logan Sargent will crash at some point. He doesn't um, crash that often. It feels like he does all the time. Now. He's just had a couple of big ones recently. <laughs> yeah, not the best time of the season to be making mistakes when you haven't got a contract yet. Um, but it was a shame for him. But they were so, so slow on the safety car. I think immediately when there's loads of front wing debris at the exit of turn six, seven, turn yeah. seven, uh, immediately they knew they're going to have to put a safety car out. And I think what they were doing is basically letting everyone go past the pit lane yep. so that people couldn't cry that they got a free pit stop and some didn't. Yep. And I think it's getting insane, isn't it, at the moment? You know, we, we spoke about this before, haven't we, countless times. But the fact that safety car was only caught out when he made it to the pit lane. And yeah. you know, we had we another one later on in the day. We've, we've spoke about this before, but it does feel more and more often now that the FIA bring out safety cars, bring out virtual safety cars bring out red flags at moments to make things controversial. Well, they actually, they were trying to avoid controversy, I think, because had they, for instance, like, put the safety car out when, I don't know, the top five are past the pit lane, but everyone else can then pit, that would have been quite unfair on the top five, and people would have been annoyed. So actually, this time around, they were like... This they first waited, one, yeah, you're right. They waited for everyone to be at the same stage of everyone past the pit lane. And at that point, they called a safety car out, so no one can complain about it being unfair. But that's just ridiculous. That's not the point of the safety car. The safety car comes when there's a need for the safety car. And they exactly. waited a, They waited a minute and a half, basically. 
well, it, it does make you wonder, like, whether they shouldn't be allowed a track map in there. They sh- or they, they're allowed a track map, but they don't know where anyone is. Yeah. Or the person calling the safety car out does not care where the other cars are. Yeah. Cause... I guess that is a, defeats the point a bit, because sometimes, if there's a big gap, you'll just call it virtual. But... Mm, yeah. It, it just, again, we've said this primarily, but it seems like Formula One is still treading that fine line between... You sport know, and entertainment, <laughs> an integrity sport, and well, it's never really had that much integrity, has it? As we've as we've delved into the iceberg so many times, um, but you know the the entertainment part. But obviously, yeah, we did get a full safety car, and that meant, of course, you know the Ferrari that still had a one-two at the front of the field after Charles Leclerc had been trying to build up a gap. Uh, he obviously had to be quite cheeky, didn't he, in trying to slow yeah. everyone else down behind him, uh, and it didn't really work. Yeah, well, he got the gap, so he didn't have to double stack, but. He was done in a little bit because Hamilton was coming in slowly too to avoid stacking behind Russell in the pit. And lane. of course, was parked in the box yeah, right next was to right Ferrari in front of Ferrari, well. waiting for Russell to get out of the way so he could pull in. So Leclerc did end up losing the place to Russell and Norris, uh, and was down to P four effectively P four because Verstappen and Perez did gain a lot, but was still hadn't hadn't pitted, so they obviously would have had to later. Um, and if Verstappen had led, on the commentary I was listening to, they were like, oh, if Verstappen had got the lead, he might have just driven off. But I don't think that ever would have happened on the no. uh, 20, 21 lap old hearts compared to fresh. Well, how quickly he went backwards anyway. Yeah, yeah, out yeah. Of the, out of the safety car. You know, we, we've got to give a second shout out to Mr. Wiley Old Fox, haven't we? <laughs> um, as well. Uh, misses the pit lane entry and gets a penalty. Well, it didn't make a difference in the end, did it? Because Aston Martin are uh, useless. They threw <laughs> it away anyway. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, absolutely bizarre there, you know, Fernando Alonso. Jamie, obviously, we, we've had some of you commenting on the earliest of all the podcasts that have been going live uh, over on our podcast, No Wheel Channel. Um, and, of course, Jamie actually, one of the very first episodes, called Fernando Alonso an old fraud. Did um, I? <laughs> you did, actually is that, is that did, yeah. Word for words, yeah? <laughs> Not quite word for word, but it was along those lines. Well, um, you said I'm, he was too old to return. I apologise for Fernando Alonso, and uh, I, I say sorry for any offence I caused. And this weekend... You're a good driver. He was right. <laughs> um, obviously, safety car gets called back in, though. And again, you know, the race wasn't too dramatic for the next few laps. But y- you've got to admit, it was glorious watching those Red Bulls <laughs> go backwards every single lap. It was beautiful. It was almost every quarter on the first few laps, wasn't it? Oh, Especially it was, Perez. It, Formula 1's back. I'm here for it. I love it again. You know, this is what the sport's all about. <laughs> you're such a beta but, uh, <laughs> no it was uh, yeah it was Red Bull just didn't have the pace at all and obviously on old hards versus a load of faster cars with fresher tyres they were always going to get eaten up so that's exactly what happened I think Perez dropped to about 7th and Max dropped to like 5th or 6th and that was well, kind of it while they were well, just trying to this does still mean doesn't it that Antonio Giovinazzi has led more laps at Singapore than Max Verstappen has yeah Verstappen's led Two laps, three, three laps I think. Yeah, to Giovinazzi's four. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of his bogey tracks. He's ever won there. And... He really, it is one of his. So I think it's he's obviously scored a podium there, but I believe the only other track that he's had this bad average in terms of not getting a win or decent podiums is Mugello, which of course we only went to once he got crashed out. And I guess I oh know Imola. He did go back. Imola is one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, and I guess Turkey. 
Well, he got a podium there. He didn't got he? a second place, and yeah, but he's only what? ever been there once. Singapore, twice. he's been to twice. He went to Turkey. twice. Sorry, yeah, and he got two podiums, didn't he? Uh, um, yeah. Who no, won he, in did he get a podium? Uh, no, I don't, I don't, think, he, he won the I don't title. think he did. It was Hamilton. No, because it was Vettel, Seb, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So Turkey, Mugello, and it, what we're basically saying then is Singapore's not going to be on the calendar much longer. And Malaysia, he never won there. No, but he did come P two, didn't he? Yeah. Did he? No, yeah, yeah. did he win it in twenty seventeen? Oh yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, <laughs> his second ever win. Yeah, see, we, we've gone down a rabbit hole very temporarily. Um, yeah, you know, Jamie trying to distract me from the Red Bull downfall, which was fantastic. <laughs> and for those of you that are claiming uh, that this is an unbiased Formula One show, we've never once claimed that in our lives. So uh, it's yeah. true, especially you. You just hate Max Verstappen. Hang on I mean, a minute, hates, we hates both dislike the French. I mean, yeah, but that's not a hatred. That's just a, a casual dislike. A casual dislike for the French. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I mean, yeah, we, we kind of the, the only problem though with the Red Bull downfall was it, it did kind of fan out the front runners, didn't it? A bit. Yeah, completely. Yeah, and I guess he had no. I've always said this: when a safety car comes out at a pit window, it just kind of takes away. It neutralizes. Yeah, because yeah. everyone's on the same age tires, and there's no differentiation between strategy or age of tires, length of stints, all that kind of thing. So you had the Red Bulls just falling backwards, costing everyone a bit of time. Uh, and then, yeah, it kind of had it settled back into uh, a rhythm at the front with Sainz just leading from, uh, who was it, Russell at that point? Or Norris? Uh, it was Sainz. No, but who was second? Oh, Russell. Uh, sorry, no, Lando. Yeah, it was Norris and Russell, Leclerc, Hamilton, yeah. wasn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. well, Hamilton, well, Leclerc, Leclerc lost to Hamilton straight oh, yeah. off the restart, yeah, yeah. didn't he? Leclerc bottled it on the restart, didn't he? Fraud. Which um, was incredible because... When the safety car came out, it's going to be a little bit of story time for you, Jamie. When okay. the safety car came out, I turned to my girlfriend, because she's a big Ferrari fan, and I went, this is where Ferrari mess it up. I'm warning you now <laughs> before it happens. And now she's a big Leclerc fan. Not, She doesn't mind science, but is not big on him. Um, and of course, I said, you know, this is where Ferrari messed it up, and it will be messed up for Charles Leclerc. And of course, you know, she was a bit upset, but she said Love to me, obviously, as they were behind the safety car, she went, well, at least he's still ahead of Lewis. I went, yeah, but it won't be for long because Lewis is the GOAT. And literally two corners later, Lewis got past him. And I couldn't yeah. help but have a good chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the best. Wasn't the best from Leclerc this weekend. But um, yeah, kind of settled down again. And then, yeah, eventually Perez was kind of holding everyone up. But the pace differentiation wasn't that much between him and the cars behind him. So you had Alonso trying to get past Perez while you had Ocon and I think Lawson and Gasly and maybe some other cars in there as well all nah, behind yeah. all behind Sergio Perez and you had Alonso go for a move and then Ocon Alonso Perez battle was insane I don't know how there wasn't there wasn't contact to be honest because there's beef between Alonso and Ocon yeah yeah like, I guess there's beef between Ocon and Perez as well like so, anyone else I don't know what it is but Fernando Alonso just cannot ever seem to get the better of Esteban Ocon well He's in a better car, yeah. Like, I'll give <laughs> and you like that. last season, he was absolutely the better driver, but just got unlucky. Oh yeah, but Ocon beat him on points, didn't he? Which, which is what I mean. You know, Alonso is yeah. the better driver, but for some reason, it's always Ocon when they're together that somehow shit houses it. <laughs> yeah, but he's got his comeuppance, and uh, yeah, Alpine struck again a couple of laps later, and uh, Ocon's P six, actually quite a good drive to be fair to him, went uh, unrewarded, which brought me a bit of satisfaction. Uh, it brought everyone a bit of satisfaction, yeah. unless you're French. <laughs> yeah. And even if you are French, you might be a Gasly fan, in which case, great. Um, so yeah, Ocon out the race, lap 43. 
bought out just after the Red Bull pit. Yeah, which was funny for anyone not literally a lap people. later. Because if a safety car was there, Verstappen would have been in the pound seats probably for a podium at least. Um, and then yeah, safety car comes out with what twenty ish, maybe yeah, twenty laps to go. And although it comes out again way too late, because <laughs> it came out about a minute after. Uh, after broke down DNA. and after the top five had gone past the pit lane entry again yeah because they don't want to screw people over basically but they could They're have scared. called out miles beforehand yeah 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 uh but yeah both mercedes actually took the opportunity to pit which is very aggressive and mercedes are usually not that aggressive on strategy um but yeah they went for it both cars pit ferrari missed the beat uh because leclerc had nothing to lose by pitting and chose not to so it was up to third because the Mercedes obviously did. Um, and a few more cars down the field pitted, but the big story was uh, was Mercedes double stack with Russell and Hamilton now on fresh mediums going to the end of the race at about 15 seconds behind the race lead. And Alonso. Um, and Alonso and Aston Martin. Yeah. Just what on earth was that? Well, despite the fact they had five seconds to line everything up on that car because he was serving the penalty, still managed to drop it off the rear jack. And the front jack, I think, too early, too. Like, they yes. couldn't get the front or rear right off. So no. it was a bit of a shambles. And then they actually waited so long to service the car that the VSC was over by the time that, uh, yeah, that Alonso was out of the pit lane. So he lost out massively, returned last place pretty much, and never never had the uh, pace to recover all the last time. So no. not the best weekend for Aston Martin, really. But clearly, though, the, the talking point was going to be the fight towards the front, wasn't it? Because Mercedes were going at 1.3 seconds a lap faster than the cars yeah. in front of them, weren't they? But more interestingly than that was Hamilton had taken I think it was so ridiculous, like five seconds out of George over the space of eight laps. So, you know, you talking about how he'd lost all his skill in qualifying... Quite clearly, over race trim, Hamilton was the faster car. Um, yeah, and he has been all season, really, then, Russell. Yeah, yeah. Um, George can do it over one lap, but Lewis is absolutely the better race driver at the moment again. Which really goes yeah. against the George Russell plan, doesn't it? You know, in it that does. Team. It does, and even more so later on. Sorry, yeah. a, bit, a bit tired this morning. Getting a bit tired, Jamie, are we? Yeah, all you're this boring me. Formula One. Sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, it was actually a good race as well. It was uh, a fantastic race. Yeah, so... I get why Mercedes didn't give them any team orders, but I feel like if they had, then maybe the outcome would have been a bit different. I think the outcome most probably would have been different. Potentially, potentially. But eventually, yeah, the Mercs did catch up to the back of uh, of Sainz and Lando for P1 and P2. And then Sainz did an absolute mega brain, to be fair to him. Um, And it's a strategy that we see a lot on like the F1 game in league racing. But I don't think... I don't think we've seen it executed properly yet in real life. We've seen a it couple of a times, times, I would have thought, but probably we, not for the win. Yeah, definitely not for the win. We've, I remember the team, it was 2019, with Norris's team radio, where it was like, hold Gasly in DRS, and he's like, do you mean like forever? Yes, that was <laughs> um, Austria, wasn't it? That was Austria, yeah. I was there, that's it, that day. Uh, and yeah, well, I don't think we've ever seen it for a win. We've, we've certainly never seen it where a driver thinks of it himself. Because science knew that Norris was not the threat. And having Norris 0.8 behind him versus 1.1 behind him makes no difference to Science's race. Um, but having Norris 0.8 behind him gives Norris 
more ability to defend from the, the way faster Mercedes behind. So it's very, very clever from Carlos Sainz. And he had to soak up so much pressure in these last few laps. Yeah, and it, it did kind of feel a little bit like redemption, didn't it, for Carlos Sainz, obviously, after last weekend. Um, but, you know, did you know the fact that Ferrari hadn't even said that to him, he just decided it on himself. Mm. To just keep Lando within the range meant that, well, George Russell only really got one opportunity, wasn't it? And that was on lap 59. And then the McLaren out dragged him anyway. Yeah, yeah. It was quality defending from Norris. Like, Russell was down the inside. Uh, Norris had the outside line, I think. Was that the case? Switch um, back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just out-dragged him. And then the straight line speed of that McLaren really helped him out. Because Nor- if, if Russell's through there, Russell wins the race. There's no question about it at all in my mind um yeah no you're right but you're right norris just was able to stay ahead and the important thing was switching back to the inside for the next quarter um to yeah make sure not russell couldn't send it because if russell yeah gets the inside it's done um but norris fair play to him and the cleverest thing i think that science did because all this battling gave science like a 1.8 second lead or something it over did at one point yeah um but <laughs> through sector one science basically just coasted to make sure Norris was back in DRS down to turn five. <laughs> it was so smart. Like, science, yeah, fair play to him. Was uh, playing it like a fiddle. And he, yeah, eventually you know, got the rewards. Those two have got a bit of history as well, haven't they? You know, they were good teammates yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, you know, and, you know, obviously Philando as well, you know, I think it's sensibly he knew unless Science made a mistake, he wasn't winning that anyway. So, of course, I wonder if, you know, say if Science had messed it up just a little bit too much at one point where, like, Lander would have even gone for a move. Mm. Just because he probably knew sensibly it wasn't his race to I have. Think he, I think he would have done He still. might have done, but I don't think he would have gone for a risky move. Yeah. I think, yeah, you know, yeah. if Science had absolutely messed up, say, the run out onto the back straight and Lando could have just gone past him, he would have. I mean, you know, if, if there would have been, like, a 50-50 yeah. one, I don't think Lando would have would've taken it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously that obviously meant though that if you like the last five laps, we had four cars covered by less than like a second and a half, wasn't it? It was insane, mm. and it goes to show how many times this season we could have had these kind of finishes for the win had Red Bull not been there with an illegal car. <laughs> um, You're such a cry. What is this? But, but then on the final lap, as they head down into what is the former Singapore sling, Lando Norris trying to push the limits, nudges the wall with his rear right. And George Russell behind him goes, anything you can do, I can do better. She <laughs> yeah. is the rear right off and goes straight into the wall on the final lap of the most difficult race of the year. And Lewis Hamilton, who, you know, as we both said there, possibly, you know, should Mercedes have let him by, could he have won that race, claims the podium anyway. Yeah, really poor mistake from Russell. I do not care that it was really high pressure and he's just forgiven everything and not come up. He should not be crashing like that. He shouldn't be, no. Um, I guess, obviously, you know, on the contrary to that, highly unlikely that's going to make a difference come the end of the season. You know, I don't think, no. you know, Mercedes are going to worry about those 12 points to Ferrari. You know, I think they're comfortably far enough ahead still. Um, but for George Russell's psychology, that yeah. must be good. Especially I'm sure that kept him up once this season on his own. Yes, yeah. You know, he's, he's um, starting to turn into a little bit of a Charles Leclerc. A little bit. And also, Mercedes are only 24 points ahead of Ferrari. Is the gap only 24? I thought it was closer to 40-odd still. No, no. 289 to 265. Fair. Yeah, Ferrari have done well, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Obviously, a 1-4 this race versus just a P3 for Mercedes. And obviously a 3-4 last weekend. Yeah, 
Yeah, Fred Vasseur masterclass. Exactly, exactly. Um, we got to see Fred Vasseur on the podium as well. Oh, I loved it. Beautiful, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <know>. Schumacher. <laughs> yeah, Schumacher. Hello, Schumacher. <laughs> we, we love Fred Vasseur here. We, we were having him on the show. Uh, it's oh, a shame yeah. he's at Ferrari now, so he never would. But yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, of course, whilst all this was going on, uh, live TV didn't really pick it up. But Sergio Perez completely screwed Alex Albon. Of course, we mentioned at yeah. the start how Perez basically had a list of people that might take his seat. Albon just got sent to the shadow round in the last couple of laps. And how this wasn't a penalty, I, I will no never idea. know. I have no idea how it wasn't a penalty. Because um, Albon was P8, wasn't he? Or I guess it would have been P8 once Russell crashed. Um, I think he might have been slightly Perez, lower than that. Well, Perez finished 8th, and this was his last move, wasn't it? So... Yeah, Perez just down the inside of the uh, over the bridge into the second deer straight, just completely punted him into the wall um, and got away with it. And I have no no idea how. I think Perez, yeah, the FAA is scared of him. Uh, and yeah, a shame for Albon because he was probably going to get points on a nice strategy pitting under the SC. Well, and um, that, is, of course, as well as the fact that Williams should not have scored points this weekend. You know, it would have been a no. bit like Zanvoort again, wouldn't it? Where they kind of yeah, pick yeah. up a couple of points through good strategy rather yeah. than actual raw car pace. Until Sergio Perez had other ideas. But me, Max Verstappen actually did quite well in the last stint, to be fair to him. Uh, he's an alright driver, apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, because he, he came out of the pits in P15, ended up through a few overtakes and a few crashes, obviously, and a few people pitting under the SC. Ended up and a car that's won P4. every other race this year. Yeah, that, that helped. But his teammate <laughs> didn't do that well, did he? So, uh, yeah, very strong recovery in the last stint from Verstappen. Ended up P5 and caught up about 20 seconds on Leclerc in about six laps at the end. I think Leclerc had all but given up, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if, if Verstappen had finished fourth, that would have been insane recovery. But it would have been a decent recovery drive, to be fair. Um, but it did mean, Jamie... Red Bull are not going to get an undefeated Formula 1 season. And just like the last time a team looked to be going almost undefeated, 1988, it is a Ferrari that ends the run. Carlos Sainz, second ever Formula 1 victory. He was back on top. And I tell you what, this weekend, you know, Silverstone last year, Charles Leclerc probably should have won that race had Ferrari not screwed him. Sainz probably should have won Monza last weekend had that Red Bull not been there. (laughs) <laughs> he, I will say, deserved this one. Absolutely. And he was on it all weekend. He's been quality in Singapore. I um, do wonder yeah. whether Ferrari are going to have issues between now and the end of the year with Sainz being better than Leclerc again. Because it very much looks like we're going to have two seasons of the three they've been together where Sainz outscores Charles. Yeah. Though so 21 had a lot of a lot of circumstances. Well, I so don't is think... 23, you could argue. But there's only so many times you can blame circumstance. Yeah, true true and Sainz certainly was the faster driver this weekend he was last week in Monza and he was in Zandvoort so you know if this carries on then what do they do very very interesting isn't it down Mm. at Ferrari Uh, Lando Norris though picks up another podium for McLaren you know very good job by them with their stealth livery and Lewis Hamilton you know back on the podium once more in Singapore beats out Charles Leclerc Max Verstappen Pierre Gasly uh, Oscar Piastri, you know, brilliant recovery by him. And again, you know, just quietly gets the job done. Mm. Love Oscar Piastri. Perez and Lawson. Alpha Tower's best result of the year, if I'm not mistaken. With Equal P9. Best, I think, yeah. Oh, oh no, did they get a P- it, I thought they no, I thought you P3 P10s, yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah, Lawson with a P9 there. That is Daniel Ricciardo's F1 career done. <laughs> um, and Magnussen, proving once again that he can outrace Nico Hulkenberg. What, is that why he's behind in a championship, yeah? He's not by the end of the year. <laughs> Calling it now. Calling it now. Absolutely not. Hulk is That's definitely going to be Magnussen. Clip that. Um, Hulk, Hulk, if Hulk doesn't beat Magnussen, I will stop that sentence there. No, Con, you gotta you got to <laughs> give us something for that. For, uh, for the clips. I'll get a Kevin Magnuson hat. Okay, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Um, who was your driver of the day, Jamie One Eight Three? Hmm. I think it's it's easy to give it to Science. Uh. So yeah, I'll give it to Science. <laughs> Fair enough. There's a few other drivers. Obviously, Piastri did well. Lawson, I think Verstappen did do quite well against <laughs> to get back to P five. Um, but I think I'll give it to Carlos Sainz. I'm going to say Oscar Piastri then, just for being a bit different. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. uh, yeah, Piastri or Lawson, I think, for me. Um, uh, predictions recap? I Have you checked what you said? I can't remember what I said off the top I've, of my I've head. I've gone to go find it. Uh, you said, and you're going to love this. I said Leclerc Pole, didn't Leclerc I? Which almost Pol. looked right. You said, I got the right car, but just not said, the right driver. Verstappen, Verstappen to win the race. Yep. You said which I Leclerc, knew I got wrong. Leclerc to finish second, and That's Fernando annoying. Alonso to finish third. So I got nothing. You got <laughs> zero <weekend>. points. <laughs> but you're sounding very confident. I'm not convinced you did much better. I said Max Verstappen pole. Obviously not. Nothing. Max Verstappen win. Nothing. No. Alonso P two. So nothing. Not. Lewis Hamilton P three. We. <laughs> there we go. We take two points. Jamie's going back to his 2022 strategy, shit housing points. <laughs> oh, what does that mean for the scores on the doors? I'm ahead of you by two because Lewis Hamilton, because George Russell's a fraud. Okay, that is that's annoying. I won't lie. Um, is it by but two? Is it? What are the scores? 48 to 46. Oh, you've just edited them. I, I have. Ah, okay. So, okay. Uh, we will go on to the quiz real quick, and you're going to love okay. the you're going to love oh, the theme. No. Oh, yeah, yeah no. I think you're going to love this all in, to be honest. Oh so, no! So, Red Bull Racing Formula One team had yeah. their first uh, first race that neither car got to Q3 on pure yes. pace alone since the 2008 Brazilian Grand Prix. Really. Yeah, genuinely, on pure pace. That's Mad, yeah, I know obviously they've had a few because of penalties and stuff, isn't it? Because yeah. Bottas' Q3 streak lasted longer than Red Bull's. Yeah, it did. Um, but the... So your your challenge, obviously, that qualifying session was the last time neither Red Bull was in the top 10. But who was in the top 10? What, the 2008 got, Brazilian Grand Prix? Yes, you've got a minute starting now. Felipe Massa. Yeah. Kimi Raikkonen. Sebastian yes. Vettel. Lewis Hamilton, Heike Kovalainen, Nick Heidfeld, Robert Kubica, Timo Glock, Jano Trilli, Adrian Sutil. Doing well. Kazuki Nakajima, Nico Rosberg. No, you got two left. Is Rosberg one? No, no. Um, I'm trying to think. Who else was decent back then? Um, I'm trying to work out who was where. Which I remember. Oh. It'd be funny if you don't get one of these. <laughs> Jensen Button. No, you got Rubens Barrichello. Seconds. Nope. If I don't get one of these, uh, Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Nine seconds. Nelson PK? No. Junior? Five. Um, oh. Can you, can you, I oh, know I won't get the point. Oh. Can you tell me which team it was for? Well, that'll get away. Yeah, completely. I know it will. Well, I'm just trying to test my memory. Uh, was it Bordet? It was. Sebastian oh, Bordet. I should have you said missed. it was Seb. Yeah, because Seb was apparently the goat in the Toro Rosso when the Toro Rosso was actually just really good. Well, I watched wet, a brilliant video from Peter Brook a couple of days ago. I don't know if you've seen this. Fantastic F1 content creator. He basically did what I was if the F1 2008 season was running reverse. Oh, that would be quality. So up until Mons, I think it was um, Alonso Belgium was or Monza, scorer, Alonso was leading the championship. Yeah. Um, he had a 13-point lead after the opening five races. Wow. Uh, Vettel was, I think, P3 at one point, tied with Hamilton and Massa. Yeah. Or, like, one point behind them. It was Well, insane. those two, neither of them deserved the title that year. They both made so many mistakes. Well, towards the end, but... Like, yeah. they were just both trying to bottle it as much as they could. It was, Yeah, so. it did kind of seem like a... It was almost like McLaren again were trying to not win the title. Yeah. Proof that they didn't win through cheating. <laughs> they didn't cheat in 07, even yeah. though they definitely did. Yeah. Um, Jamie 183 I think all we've got to do now is the race rating isn't it I think it is kind of smash through everything I'll take 9 out of 10 on the um, quiz by the way yeah decent decent effort uh, talking of 9 out of 10 that's what I'll give the race as well I think it would have been 10 but there was no there was actually not much jeopardy for the race win which I always love a bit of jeopardy oh, if... I mean you can't argue that four no, cars like, covered by I a guess, second I guess but there was no changes once they all got in the train Oh, you can't have the script every week. It's not an hour of career mode, Jake. I suppose, I suppose. But <laughs> say if Lewis Hamilton did come through and win that race out of nowhere, oh, or Norris or Norris took it, then yeah. sure, I'll give it a 10. But it wasn't like... It'll be up there for one of the best races of the decade, probably, but it won't be the best. Best race of the season, at least? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think, that's, I think that's it's probably... Enough. It was better than Silverstone last year, which is probably currently the best race of the decade. Yeah, I'm trying to think whether there are any decent on-track battles between. Lewis I guess does tw- 2020 does 2020 count as a decade? Actually, 2020, yeah, definitely is part of the decade. Oh, that uh, had a few bangers. That did actually, because Sakia was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, Sakia, I yeah probably would still argue is probably been the race mm. of the decade. Yeah, and Abu Dhabi 21, obviously. No, but, um... <laughs> worst race of the decade. <laughs> it was the best. Last Turkey, <laughs> I think 2020. Turkey one of the 20. best races of the decade. Mm. It was a bit slow burn, wasn't it? No. It had carnage from the get-go. It was just the, the lap times were so slow. It was like one oh, yeah. fifty-six the whole time. Yeah, it was hilarious uh, though, wasn't it? Let us know what you think, race of the decade so far from 2020. We'll, we'll do a top now. 10 countdown at some point. We will soon. at some point. End of the um, season. End of the decade. 2030 decade. when Jamie and I are still doing the podcast. I really hope I'm not doing this. With kids old. screaming in the back. <laughs> um, and whatever Jamie's hiding in his basement. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't, have we got anything else to add? What's James? your rating? You didn't give it a rating. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say 9 out of 10 as well. Why? Well, uh, you're complaining at me for giving it 9. You're giving it 9 too. Yeah, but 10 out of 10 is going to be a real worldie. Yeah, like Canada 11 is 10, 10 out of 10. Exactly. Exactly. Have we got anything else to add though, Jamie? This has been a long podcast. We haven't hit an hour podcast in a I few I don't think it would quite be an hour because you were chatting about your dog for about five minutes before. We were chatting about my dog for a couple of minutes beforehand. Uh, that was pre-show though. So for those of you that don't know, my dog went to Monza last weekend um, because my dad wanted to show my mum the circuit and didn't realise that there was racing going on. So my dog got <laughs> to watch Mahavir Ragunathan score a podium, which we absolutely love. Yeah. Uh, so clearly we my do. dog, Dog212 is a good omen. Um, but Jamie, have we got anything else to add? I don't think we do. 
Thank you very much Thank for watching. Thank you all so much for watching. If you've enjoyed, please do make sure you drop us a follow. Uh, get yourself subscribed to the Knowing Wheel official YouTube channel. And we shall return uh, later on this week, isn't it, Jamie? We'll have to do a Japanese Grand Prix mm. preview. I look forward to hearing your smooth, sultry tones <laughs> once again.